It's Tuesday night, and you know what that means. It's time for Take It to the Rank. But before we do that, one of the things I want to do here right off the top is to let everybody know we are not going to spend this evening discussing the barstool guy who had his feelings hurt because he asked a grown man to take a photo with him, and that man was not thrilled with it. And I don't want to spend too much time. I think we already took care of him over the last couple of days on Twitter. I've seen the Photoshops. I've seen the memes. They're hilarious. But you know what? It's over now. There's a lot of stuff going on with the Chicago Bears. We're going to get to it. We have a great guest tonight, too. So you know what, Sammy? Let's roll that animation, and let's start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Take It to the Rank. And tonight we have a huge guest. And listen, a lot of times I come out here, I do my thing, and then most of you are like, no, Adam's fine. He's he's okay. They like the guest. The guests are usually really good. Tonight we have a guest who a lot of people, listen, through the back channels, people have been texting me, direct messaging, all that stuff, letting me know that they're excited for tonight's show. We're tonight for tonight's show. And let me just go ahead and say that she is from Fox 32. She is the host of Bears Unleashed, you see, on the pregame show. She's also, I think, a Kurt Sutter fan. I don't know if I can confirm that or not, but please, let's welcome our guest, Caitlin Sharkey. Caitlin, what's going, what's going on? Good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm surprised you got this, you know, excitement surrounding my appearance, but hey, I'm all for it. Even if it's, you know, you know, uh, like over-exaggerated maybe a little bit. I'm Not even. <laughs> Not even a little bit. My son. Now, my son usually doesn't make, he doesn't make an appearance usually until super late. Say hi. Say hi to Caitlin. Say hi to Caitlin. Okay. Hey, okay. We're, 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 just, we're just starting the show, though, bud. Okay, you go to the pool. I'll see you in a bit. I love, oh, you got your new shorts on. Love it. Got to show off the swim trunks. He's got new trunks. It's a huge day. So listen, now when when Berlissimo's on. When uh, when Shane's on or any of those guys, Draft Dr. Phil, Bear Down Cuz, boy doesn't care for 50 minutes, eventually breaks through. We're not even, what, five minutes into the show? Already, already he wants to be a part of the show. He's so excited to see you, but you're doing good. Love it. Love it. I, I am excited. I think that there's a lot of, you know, negativity uh, around the Bears, and I think it mostly comes from people who expected a little bit more activity. Uh, during this offseason, but Ryan Poles came out, I think it was today, talking about his slow, methodical approach. What have you felt about the Bears going on, goings on this offseason so far? I think I think first, like the negativity comes from Bears fans, and I and I understand it. The clamoring for like instant success and wanting like a quick fix. And because we see sometimes teams in the NFL kind of get one or two players and all of a sudden they're serious contenders. And I think Bears fans are like clamoring for that quick success. So then they bring in this whole new regime with Ryan Poles and a new coach and Matt Eberflus. So people are like, okay, is it fixed yet? Is it fixed yet? Well, they can't fix it quite yet. So it's like yeah. everyone has to just practice this patience. But for me, 
I think it's been good to watch polls think long and hard and kind of put together and Ian Cunningham, who I think has done a tremendous job kind of supplementing and being that voice in Ryan Poles's ear as well. Their relationship, they're super close. I think like Ian Cunningham's living with Ryan Poles at this yeah, point. So they're stepbrothers. Yeah, the they're like they're like besties doing everything together. I saw them at Northwestern Pro Day and they were like attached at the hip. And so I think they're really looking at everything as a big picture and what's going to help this team the to in the best ability. So of course, you know, you want the flashy free agents, you want, you know, you want the they need more receivers. They need more offensive linemen. They need all of these pieces. And all of that is true. But I think it's – Ryan Poles is doing exactly what he told us he was going to do. So I think that's yeah. comforting. And we'll see if it plays out. But, it's yeah, it's practicing patience. Because Bears fans wouldn't want them to go sign a, you know, third-string quarterback and pay them $30 million to sit Christian on the bench. Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like just, just relax. Like you don't want them to make any hasty decisions like we've seen in the past. All too often. I think that Ryan Pace – spoiled us in a bad way and it's one of those things like he's he's the he's the that i don't know if he's like uh like a teacher who you think is cool but all of a sudden you're like wait i don't I've, i haven't learned anything this whole year or you know what actually i think the best the best description might be when you go to giordano's and they tell you your pizza is going to take 45 minutes like it's a 45 minute pie it just right. is and then after 10 minutes they're like hey uh so I, I, I stop the waitress i'm sorry can, How's our how's our pie coming along? You're like, I told you it was gonna be 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was 10 minutes ago. Why? Like, it's not like Ryan Poles came out and said, "Listen, we're gonna sign every big name free mm-hmm. agent. We're gonna go crazy. We're gonna bring in. We're gonna bring in Devontae Adams." And then everybody's sitting there, you know, you know, they, we brought in a Packers receiver. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. a little bit further down the list, but yeah. But to, also to that point, it's like you don't, they also didn't have like, they weren't just one guy away. And I think sometimes you look at free agency, like bring in the flashy superstar because they're just one or two guys away. No, he had to look at this roster, get rid of all the guys he didn't want and then kind of rebuild from that point. So that affects it differently too. Yeah. You know, and that's a huge thing. I think that, you know, what do we have 32 players under contract at one point or something like that? Something ridiculous. And it just, it's going to take a little bit of time. And I think that players like Equinemius St. Brown, have a role to play on a team. And, and you know, honestly, it, the more I think about it, and maybe I'm, you know, we're working ourselves up because there hasn't been a whole lot going on. But you start to think, like, could he have a bigger role? Do you think that somebody like Equinemius St. Brown, could he have possibly been underutilized in Green Bay and could make a step or take a step forward when he comes to the Bears? Absolutely. And I think if now he uses the time to build that chemistry with Fields, because Let's face it, Fields, it's not like he's worked with a lot of receivers on a consistent basis. We know he loves Mooney, so they already have that connection. But if Equinemius jumps right in and gets used to all the little nuances and you know technique that Fields has and they create this chemistry, he certainly has the talent and he certainly has the speed to be that deep threat. So I think they're on the right track. Did they want to overpay maybe for Marquez Valdez-Scantling? You know, you wonder that, but it's like, no. You Give the guys the opportunity, and I think – Bears fans hopefully will see that like a lot of the issues offensively were more scheme and stuff like that, not necessarily lack of talent. So we'll see, but definitely underutilized in green Bay when you're behind Devontae Adams. Well, and Aaron Rodgers only wants to throw to one player yes. and that's it. And he doesn't, he doesn't trust anybody else. It's mm-hmm. very, very Troy Aikman. I know you're not old enough. Troy Aikman was actually a football player. It's <laughs> I know you, 
You never knew this. You just knew him as an announcer. He played for the, the Cowboys, right? Is that it? Maybe. Something. I don't know. I'd have to fact check that. Hopefully Sammy can fact check that for me. But that was also – but that was always the rub with him. Is like he never threw to other receivers, never trusted guys or anything like that. Aaron Rodgers gives me that kind of vibe of like I, I like my guy. Like, like Aaron Rodgers goes to a Mexican restaurant and orders the same combo plate every place. Doesn't matter. Same combo plate all the time. Doesn't want to deviate. Doesn't want to do anything different. And obviously when Alan Lazard gets an opportunity this year, I expect him to do a lot of good things. Or maybe not. Who cares? I, I, the fan, my fantasy brain kicks in sometimes, so I apologize. I do want to ask you, too. We talk about the lack of players. Now, Jesper Horstead is going to return. It also feels like we see this guy working out with the team. Cole Komet. Mm-hmm. It feels like Justin Fields really likes Cole Komet. What do you think? What are your feelings on Cole? I think Cole – I think Cole has a lot of raw talent and potential. I feel like we're still kind of waiting for Cole to kind of break out and really be that, you know, number one tight end. I feel like there was so many situations last season watching. And again, it it could have been, you know, schematically the way he was used, but it was just like, he's just not quite there yet. So I'm hoping this year is his big year, right? We gave him the, the rookie year where it was like, okay, he's still getting his feet wet. And then, You know, second year, you're like, okay, he's good. Justin Fields likes him, so that's important because that's going to be the future there. But he didn't overly impress me, and I think it's kind of – this is going to be a telling year for him. But the more work he gets with Cole – or with Fields and a new coaching staff, a new play caller, and, you know, Luke Getze in there, I feel like we're going to see, you know, a little bit more from Cole because he certainly has the potential to be a really good tight end for the team. Yeah, again, the fantasy brain kicking in. I'm thinking like uh, Bob Tunyon-esque mm-hmm. breakout, getting all the touchdowns. Although with Fields, I, I think that Horstead had six targets last year and still ended up with three touchdowns, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, at least at least Jimmy Graham won't be stealing the touchdowns from oh. uh, Cole Komet. You know, the one snap he gets a game to run into the end zone. He won't be stealing those fantasy points away from Cole. So maybe Cole will get those touchdowns. No, I hope so. I, again, I, I'm also looking at it too. We traded some big name players. And when Khalil Mack was traded, what were your thoughts about that? What what were you shocked? Was that something you saw? And and was it tough? Like how did how what was your initial feeling on that? I think it you know, I wasn't shocked at all because I could just tell that was the direction that they're going. Um, you know, they just they're trying to get rid of these big contracts and these, you know, these big cap hits. And I think Khalil Mack is, you know, fantastic and, uh, you know, a fantastic player. But has he been the same Khalil Mack that they traded for? You know, originally got him from the Raiders. Absolutely not. I mean, in two years, the last two years that I've covered the team, I don't really have a lot of Khalil Mack highlights in my brain. Half the season, you know, <laughs> he was out because of the foot injury. And then I'm thinking back, I'm like, when was Khalil Mack a game changer? Certainly when he's in the game, teams have to prepare to go against him, but it's just not the same. So if you're going to move in a certain direction, yeah, there's a lot of fan emotional attachment to him, but I don't think Khalil was that upset to go to LA no, anyways. He didn't, <laughs> I feel like yeah, he's just I, like, see you later guys. I'm out of here. Yeah. I don't think, I, I think it was a, a kind of situation where it works out for everybody. And it's like, yeah, you know, like the bears are probably not going to compete for a Super Bowl this season. Sorry. Sorry to sorry to be negative. This is as negative as I, this is as negative as I get. Is I'm like we like I will be like we might not compete for a Super Bowl. That's me. 
being realistic and honest with everybody. But at the same time, I think the Chargers are very close. Khalil Mack's getting an opportunity. It'll be fun because I work the NFL Network studios right next to SoFi Stadium. So I'll be able to go in and see Khalil Mack and Allen Robinson and still, you know, they're they're my neighbors now. So I'll be able to go out and, and hang out with them and still see them, still see them on the weekends, even though we broke up, you know, like we had a, like I, like they broke up with my bears, but it's like, oh, but I can still see them on the weekends. It won't yeah. be awkward. Be like, Hey, but I think it's fine. And you, and you know, um, especially like if you're, if you've only been around for a couple of years, it's, it's kind of nice to be like, I don't have that emotional attachment because mm-hmm. everybody still remembers the first game that Khalil Mack ever played for the bears where he almost single-handedly beat the Green Bay Packers. And honestly, uh, had they won that game, the Bears would have gone to the Super Bowl that year because mm-hmm. they would have ended up as the two seed, and then they would have played host to probably the Rams, who they would have destroyed, Then they would have beat the Saints. I have fan fiction. Listen, I still have – I have fan fiction from Varsity Blues, where I, <laughs> which is a movie before your time. Where I know, Harbor, I know that one. <laughs> I – I had Lance Harper rehabilitating his knee, going to Saddleback College, eventually going because the timeline would be going to Saddleback College where Kyle Long went, going to Washington State where he would have replaced Falk or no, uh, whoever their guy back in the early 2000s was, and then being drafted by the Bears instead of Kyle Orton. He leads them to the Super Bowl over Peyton Manning. I spent far too much time thinking about this. (laughs) When there's some actuality, well, there's act. Well, the thing was the the thing that's been cool too is uh, there's been some actual Bears news uh, this week. The Bears are able to practice because of having a new coach with Matt Eberflus. How has the attendance been? I've seen photos. Mm-hmm. We've seen like we've seen photos of David Montgomery. We know he's there. We see Tevin Jenkins. We saw his photo. Is there anybody notable who's been missing from from that camp? I thought. I mean. I was a little surprised. Well, Khalil Herbert was there. I was surprised Eddie Jackson was there. That was one that I was surprised. That's like, whoa. Yeah, I was like looking at him like, is that that Eddie Jackson? No one really surprised me at this point. Um, And that kind of stuff, you know, you read the quotes and you listen to the sound and everyone's like, oh, you know, it's a different energy. It's a good energy. I'm someone that's like, we're not going to, you're going to say that regardless. You're not going to be like, yeah, I was real dud in here today. So like, you're not going to come out and say that. So I, I think this time is no, valuable. Don't ruin this one. Wait, hold on. Don't ruin this one. <laughs> the energy's good. I mean, I love that line because it's like, well, of course they're going to say that. Um, but I just think to me, the more work that uh, Justin Fields can get with, you know, Mooney and Cole Komet and even the running backs, you know, and Herbert and Montgomery, just they need all of the reps that they can get. And um, so, no, I wasn't surprised. I mean, I'm still wondering like what the Robert Quinn situation is going to be. You know, that that intrigues me a little bit because covering that last year was just like, is this every week? I'm like, is this is this guy for real? Like it was just and he's such an interesting human yeah. being. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. The attendance was good and the energy was good, as we love to say in here. Oh, we love the energy. Yeah, I we just, love the energy. It's first day of school. <laughs> yeah, you know what? But that's the thing, is like we always act we we want these athletes to be honest with us but it they're so damned if you do damned if you don't because they right, got to come absolutely. out they, it's great energy i saw john rom today sort of getting roasted because he was he was not giving so much deference and respect to tiger woods but they're like hey does tiger ever give you advice he's like nope ask justin thomas like nobody ever says stuff like that but it's refreshing to be like mm-hmm. yeah like be honest about it 
Like, it would be nice if the coach was like, nah, I don't know. Eberflus seemed a little over his head. I mean, you can't do that because you're on the verge right. of being hot if you do. But, you know, at the same time, it is – I don't know. They they do have to go talk in their sound bites. Yeah. It's a, it's a very yeah. – I, I always feel for you, and not just you in particular, but people who have to go do those jobs. Because you're like – you're on the side like, yeah, talk to the team before the game. They're all – Great week of practice. Uh, everybody's buying in. We got a great, great game plan. We got this, and so I'm always excited. And I don't want to. I, I, I can't even tell the story without saying who it is or without people deducing who it is. But it is actually it's not Stacy Dales. Actually, that's no, it's not Stacy Dales. But like when sometimes there's, I have other insiders who will be like, yeah, no, there was, but that wasn't the Matt Nagy era. Where there was right. like, oh, like that was the one where you're like, oh, really? Like it's I, I was I oh, was the last. there was there was many a days where I was like, they're gonna lose bad. Like you just knew, like th- these guys hate each other, not hate each other, but like this chemistry is not good. The vibe is not good at practice. There were many days like that. I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> but so I mean, does that play into these guys talking about it this week? That mm-hmm. hey, the energy's a lot better. It's like we just don't hate each other and we don't hate our coach, at least not yet. Yeah, I think it's like, you know, when you're in a bad situation and all of a sudden you're out of that situation and now everything is new and shiny and exciting, I feel like that's genuine excitement. And I think that's kind of what they were talking about. And I think a lot of, you know, change, as much as we heard how shocked they were that there was a new regime coming in at the end of the season, specifically David Montgomery and all of that stuff, there was guys that were very emotionally attached to, you know, um, Pace and Nagy, but... I think they're going to realize quickly, like change is good, especially if things were not going well. So embrace it. And, you know, hopefully things turn around quickly. It's always like watching the first episode of survivor or big brother and everybody gets along and it's like, Oh, this is great. Like (laughs) this is, we're going to be the one season where nobody fights and there's going to be no clicks or anything like that. And then like three episodes in, like everybody hates each other, but at least for the time being, everybody's buying into the system. I do like that, uh, you know, judging, like, I love that we're on the internet judging guys like, no, he looks like he's in shape. Like he looks, he looks (laughs) quicker. Like he's just walking into the building. Like, oh, he looks good. Like he looks good. Although, you know, cause it's always one of the, cause I I remember because last year, Ben Roethlisberger, they had a photo where he looked the exact same that he had always looked like, I think it was Adam Schefter's like Ben Roethlisberger looks fit. Like, no, he doesn't like it. (laughs) no. Like, if he would have walked in looking like Brad Pitt from Snatch, then perhaps you could be like, yeah, like that guy changed his body. But no, he was the exact same. But what is it? But what what was it? I know that when, when Eberflus took over, he was like, hey, everybody, you got to start running. You got to start getting into shape. From your perspective, I know that you're not like a doctor. You're not going through <laughs> But like, did it look like some people had adhered to his advice? I mean, it's it's hard based on, you know, the thing, the photos there's I layers saw. going on yeah there's yeah people it's also layers. 40 degrees here in Chicago and everyone's freezing but like when Eberflus came in and said like we're gonna get we're gonna run we're gonna get in the best shape and Ryan Poles is like I want everyone to be in a good in good shape I like thought of like heavyweights and like percussizing and like Ben Stiller's character like I'm feeling skinny Tony like the whole time he was talking about that that's what was playing oh my in gosh. my head so today I was like, are they like showing up to like the heavyweights camp and like now they're going to be put through this like gauntlet of like strength and conditioning because you like to hear so many comments about how they were basically out of shape from poles and ear yeah. You got to think, and I'm sure those guys walking in today were like, okay, this is the strength and conditioning portion. There's no footballs or pads or helmets. Like 
Yeah, I feel like I saw someone say that Kairos Tonga looked you know more slim but i mean yeah. to me when, when you get to be a certain size yeah. i'm like he looks he looks big i don't know he looks the same he's, i gotta see him yeah he's, three he's still a large pounds. human being yeah. right right so i don't know i mean it'll be interesting to see as they get closer to the season who drops weight and who looks really good no it's true it's not like Jinder Mahal, when he returned to the WWE, and I know this is an obscure wrestling reference, but like the guy was noticeably like jacked. He's got a 12 pack. He's got no shirt on. Like you can actually sit there and <laughs> right. judge it. I remember too, like I know what, when they were talking about that, like, hey, you got to lose weight. We want people in shape. Uh, I actually had had that happen to me, like in my television career, where I had a boss who was like, at one point, he was like, hey, uh, he's like, you understand you're on television, right? Like people, <laughs> People can see your physical appearance, which probably might be illegal. Guy doesn't work for the NFL anymore. But like, (laughs) but at the same time, like it was very helpful. And like, sometimes you need that. And there was, there was another guy who did not adhere to that advice. It is, you know, did not last as long as, as I have. And it's like one of those things, like, it can be jarring, but I think people can still take that in a good way. And Mm -hmm. like, sometimes you need that push. And you need that kind of motivation to be like, okay, yeah, you're right. And I think that, you know, it behooves you if you're a professional athlete, you know, as much as you might hate running after practice, it's going to benefit you in the long run. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the guy and the guys who get that are the guys that you want on your team, as opposed to the ones who just want to cakewalk and be like, you know, listen, you want to be Von, like, if you're, if you're good, like Von Miller, like you can mail in the regular season and show right. up in the playoffs. He's earned that right. None of you on this team have done that. So no. get your ass out there. And uh, start running, I think is, is the point. Absolutely. All right. Before we go, uh, Sammy, what do we do? We have questions, by the way. I know Sammy usually pink. All right. Listen, I'm sorry, Sammy. I neglected you. We have a lot of stuff going on. We're having a good conversation, but I want to make sure we're not missing anybody. Because listen, the, the take it to the rank, it's all about our guests and our fans and making sure they're getting heard. But, um, oh, this is for me. Have I released a mock draft yet? Uh, I have not. But, Caitlin, who do you want at number 39, and do you think the Bears should trade up? Should they trade down? Have you done a mock draft? Do you do mock drafts? I usually don't because, like, you know, there's just so many out there that it provides so much information. Otherwise, I am not someone that, like – because I'll flat out tell people, like, you know, what specific player do you want? And I'll be the first to say, I don't know what specific player, but I know what position they need. And when I think of the Bears getting a 39, like, uh, receiver – uh, an offensive yeah. lineman. Those are the things, the concerns, a speed, a speed guy and a receiver, someone that can come out and immediately make an impact. Those are the, the positions that I think. But when there's so many needs on a team, you can go a number of different directions. Do I think they need to necessarily trade up? That I'm not sold. I'm not no. sold on that. I think they're good where they're at. The fact that they got the second second round pick because of the Mac trade, that helps. But I don't think they need to wheel and deal and because, I mean, like, what are you really climbing the board? I don't know. I don't feel who like there's climbing? anyone. Yeah, who are you climbing for? I don't know. There's nobody. I, now that we have the quarterback, I think that a lot of things have been settled. You don't need to trade mm-hmm. up anymore. I I know that, you know, judging by Bears Twitter, this is the thing that I always am a little hesitant about, is everybody's into pickings. Everybody's either into mm-hmm. walk-ins or pickings. And I feel like if we don't get either one of those two players, then everybody's going to be bummed out. And we could end up with somebody excellent. Because I don't think that anybody was going into that draft, or perhaps like draft Dr. Phil or somebody like that, was clamoring over Darnell Mooney. And now he's right. our, like now he's your favorite player. Like mm-hmm. 
trust the process a little bit. It's cool. I know that I know George Berlissimo does a great job of breaking down film, and I trust his opinion. Right. But at the same time, it's like I don't want to get attached to these guys before the draft because it only leads to disappointment. And I think with the Bears, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I'm more of the like you should draft a receiver and if possible, flip that second pick for multiple picks mm -hmm. if you can. I also feel too, this is the one thing that I like because you're newish to the team. So you're mm -hmm. not, you're not, you're not tied to 1985. Like <laughs> no. a lot of us are. Like everybody's <laughs> just tied to 1985. Like, oh my God, you cannot let it go. So people are like, what about corner? And I'm like, I don't care if we don't draft a defensive player. I know we need defensive players. Mm -hmm. I don't care if we draft one at all because for years, for generations, we've drafted defensive players. And it's just, uh, and some of our offensive players haven't worked either. But, you know, it's just like, we got to get out of that mentality. Mm -hmm. Do you think, like, I know corner, I know, we're, you know, it would be a lot asking Thomas Graham and uh, Jalen to be our two stars, two top corners. But I don't know. Do, do you think it's necessary that they have to address cornerback with the first two picks in the second round? No, I don't think so. I think they made I mean, I remember that one game when COVID hit the team and they were down to when Thomas Graham made his, his first made start his, back. Yeah. yeah. Then when he made his debut, I remember that game and thinking, oh, they're going to get rolled because these guys can't hang. These corners can't, you know, their defenses, you know, they got a bunch of young defensive players, like all their stars are hurt and they did just fine. It was the offense. That was the problem. Yeah. And that is the overwhelming theme for the bears. So why even address that? Trust your guys. And, you know, it, it's worked last season and not saying that it's, you know, a foolproof system to look at last year, but the, the issues are so glaring and so big on offense. I feel like you don't even address that and that in that early of the, of the draft. And the Colts had a good defense last year. Mm -hmm. It all came down to Carson Wentz. The only player I think that most. The average NFL, I don't want to say casual because I don't want it to be derogative. But, like, they have Darius Leonard. Like, that's their standout player. Right. There's not a lot of superstars. I don't know. DeForest Buckner's fine. Rocky Sins now in uh, Las Vegas. It's not like they had a lot of huge names. They weren't the Rams. You know, they didn't right. have all these, these huge names. And they still made it work. They still had a playoff caliber defense in the AFC. Carson Wentz couldn't, get, couldn't deliver a, a victory in Jacksonville, which they haven't been able to do for quite some time. To me, it's like I think that Eberflus has proven – he can do it with a lot of no names and you don't need big names and you don't need to spend a lot of draft capital. Instead, you should turn your attention towards the offensive side of the ball, more linemen, more receivers. I'm sure they'll draft a tight end and we'll get roasted for it. And that's fine. <laughs> but that's like, guys, it's one of the pieces gone. Who knows? But I think that it's, it's gotta be about the offense. And I think that we need to start like modernizing, modernizing the, uh, the operation here. I know it's great. Yeah. Like, I get it, Grandpa. Your VCR works just fine. But I'm going to set up this DVR on your TV. I'm going to put the Roku up there. I'm going to show you how to use it. It'll right. be just fine. Yeah, but, and uh, I mean, and, it, and it's like a point. It's I. How many times we heard last year, like, if you don't score points, you're not going to win in the NFL. And, like, it doesn't matter how, you know, even if your defense is middle of the road, if you're never scoring, it's never going to work for you. So that's where their attention needs to be. No, 100%. Like I would rather I would I would rather I'd like to lose a 35-31 shootout for a change. <laughs> yeah. Instead of a, a 13 to 10 like oh my god, oh my like god. what is happening? Yeah, so, painful to watch. It's just you you have such a 
fine line between winning or losing when you're a defensive only team. Mm -hmm. We saw that in 2018 and it almost worked out perfectly, but all it takes is one double doink and the whole, the whole house of cards comes falling down. You got to be able to score points to win in the NFL. It's just a basic fact. Sammy, what do we got next? If we have anything, I'm sorry. Uh, Will, no, Will Brooks. If Enkeel Harry is released by the Patriots, fingers crossed, I'm in the camp that the Bears bring him in. I love Enkeel Harry. I liked him coming into the league. I thought I was a, you know, I watched a lot of Pac-12 after dark. I thought he was a good player. I'm surprised it didn't work out for him in New England, although they 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 have the probably the worst track record of drafting wide receivers. But but if he was available, mm-hmm. this is one of the players that I've kind of identified. Uh, how do, What do you feel about or how do you feel about Nikhil Harry? Yeah, I think that's a good move. I think that's there's a lot of options that they can look at. And, you know, it's one thing to draft that position and, you know, take a gamble, so to speak, on them having an immediate impact. But when you look at somebody that already kind of has a resume and things don't work out somewhere else, a lot of times that means it's going to work out for you. So I think the more they, they can bring in, it's good for Nikhil Harry to come if they can bring him in and see what how he can fit into the system and I'm I'm someone that like just because I hate when people are like, well, he did this here, it didn't do this here. There's so many factors that go into like why it didn't work with the Patriots or why it didn't work with this team. You never know until you bring them in and see what's gonna happen. So I think make a run for it. Yeah, you know, and there's been players, I mean, if you look at the Patriots as an example, Wes Welker was somebody who was a drafted by the Chargers, released by the Dolphins, and then goes on and has a, not a Hall of Fame career, but a very good career with the New England Patriots. That kind of stuff happens all the time. So I think that, again, you go back to the college scouting, you go back to, uh, that's what a lot of the teams do. And perhaps it was a scheme fit. Maybe it didn't work out. They've actually, you know, they're a very run-heavy team. They Their quarterback play over the last couple of years after Tom Brady left, you know, not quite the same. Mm-hmm. So I think that there could be an opportunity. I think that players like that, and this is what Ryan, or this is why uh, Ryan Poles has done this kind of thing is to set the team up. So when players like that become available, you can swoop in and take a chance on them. All right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. That's I mean, I, I, I was just thinking of like Allen Robinson, you would look at his, you know, last couple of years and be like, Oh, if you just look at why, you know, or his stats, you'd think, well, this guy, he's not any good, but you have to look at big, why was he not good? Why was why? he not productive? Yeah. It's the same kind of situation. 100%. Although I will say this is that one of the players who I loved in free agency, we talked about quite a lot, Auden Tate, who I felt like was kind of not in a great situation, especially when they started bringing in additional receivers to Cincinnati that I was like, oh, you know what? Give him a chance. I think he ended up in Atlanta. I know he's gone already. Broke my heart, but that's okay. We'll be fine. And Gil Harry would actually be a nice little, mm-hmm. that was a nice option. That was somebody I threw out in case he was. Actually, I wrote a piece for NFL.com saying that he should be traded. And I still think that he could have some value, but he'll probably end up being released. So you don't even have to give up some draft capital. All right, Sammy, what do we got next? Would you trade Roquan Smith? Okay, everybody, Creighton, listen, <laughs> everybody's getting crazy. Once Khalil Mack left, everybody's like, I trade everybody. I know, like, Bears Twitter's been trying to trade David Montgomery. Like, no, we don't have to trade everybody. We no. can hold on to some of these players. I don't know. Again, as I sit here and preach, trying to live in the now, trying to live in offensive-minded football, I think that when you find a player like Roquan Smith, 
mm-hmm. you kind of hold on to him. I, yeah. I think that, you know, the position he plays, especially in an Eberflus defense, it's so important. I say that we hold on to him. Caitlin, how do you feel? Yeah, hold on to him because I think you have to look at the, the Mac trade was one thing, a totally different scenario, to, totally different age type of player, and kind of the return for what you could get for Mac is one thing. Yes, you could get a lot of players or, you know, draft capital or whatever for Roquan Smith, but is it worth losing and the the production and the impact and the locker room impact that Roquan Smith has on that team? I say absolutely not. He is the building block for Matt Eberflus. I know Eberflus was probably like couldn't wait to get in and work with Roquan and see him shine in his defense. So absolutely not. You got you to gotta hang out on Roquan. Yeah, and I think too many people – looked at the situation when these guys came in and they didn't immediately, like a lot of times new coaches come in and they're like, Oh my God, I can't wait to work. And they call it these players specifically. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus went the other way. Didn't really hand anything to anybody. Didn't come in and say like, this is our guy or this is, you know, they were outside of Justin Fields, who I thought was very important to come in and, and back him and bring him into the press conference and have him speak when these guys were being introduced. I kind of like that they kind of left it open for interpretation or at least one of these guys to go out there and kind of like earn it, so to speak. But it's also meant that Bears Twitter has gone the other way. Be like, ah, they must suck because they didn't. <laughs> I think Roquan's going to be delightful. Yeah, I said yeah. delightful in Eberflus' yeah. system. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's going to be exciting. to. Well, those are the things, especially on defense, that you're excited to see them because I feel like, look what Roquan was able to do on a team that was not good. And not that that it was all the defense's fault, but I mean, this is Matt Eberflus's bread and butter. Like he is so excited to get his hands on this unit. And now Roquan is just a stud. So I think it's going to, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. But yeah, the, (laughs) the panic is just, it's entertaining. And I understand it, but you can't sell everybody off just to like win now. Yeah. There was like, Oh, so we're going to trade every, yeah. You know, yeah. We're finally we got a we finally got a kicker. Let's trade him or whatever it is. I don't know. People yeah. are like, oh, are we going to trade Mooney? Like, no, stop, stop yeah. with the trades. The trade. Um, Robert Quinn is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I think that although, and this is what I said. You know, I was shocked when Khalil Mack was traded because I thought that it would be impossible to get a good return for him at this stage of the off season. The Chargers proved me wrong. Took his entire contract, gave him a second round pick. Like, okay, like, yeah, how do you not do that deal? I think that that was like a once in an offseason type of thing. And I think as the season goes on, somebody's going to be in a position similar to where the Rams were last year when they acquired Von Miller, where somebody's going to be desperate for a pass rusher. Then you can kind of be like, okay, now we'll, now's the yeah. opportune time to trade away Bobby Quinn. I think that they'll uh, probably start the season with him. That's my, I mean, yeah. right? I think so. I don't see, I feel like, they kind of missed that window. If they, if he was on a chopping block, if he was going to be traded somewhere, it would have happened already. Now they're going to see. And I mean, when you look at what he did last season, it's got to be hard for them to be like, yeah, we don't want him anymore. I mean, right. not that I'm, I mean, if he does what he did last year, I'll be blown away. I'm not discrediting him. If he's in the right mental headspace, I feel like he can do whatever he wants. So we'll see where he's at to start the season. Well, two years ago in our own Nick Shook for, Nick Shook from NFL Media, uh, who's one of our next-gen stats guys, was pointing out, like, he did not get the sacks during his first year in Chicago, but was one of the top 10 in pressure rate on a quarterback, which is very vital to make a defense work. Just getting to a quarterback 
hurrying throws, doing stuff like that. He can do that. I think what, what the Bears fans need to understand is like of the two guys, the two veteran players on defense that we were talking about with Cleo Mack or Robert Quinn, we traded the guy who wasn't productive last year. Like that injuries or not, like this right. is not straight towards Khalil Mack, but like we we had two guys, one dude who was who was the NFC sack leader, and one guy who's a name brand who right. everybody's familiar with. And the Chargers took that guy. Like you uh, what about the guy who had nearly 20 mm-hmm. sets? No, 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 no. Khalil Mack. We like, you know that he was in okay, like whatever. And you'll pay his whole salary. And you'll give us a second round pick. Like I, I feel like the conversation was Ryan Poles being like, I don't know if I feel comfortable giving you a second. Oh, you're giving us a second. Oh, okay. Like just having somebody yeah. take that salary was a huge, like if, if the Chargers had just taken a salary straight up, that mm-hmm. probably still would have been a win. And then the yeah. fact that we got a second round pick, we, I'm sorry. I don't know if you can say we, like, I don't know if you're allowed to. <laughs> I'm not, not, I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to. <laughs> Who? Listen. But, but I, I love, I hear it all the time. So it's Listen. like, <laughs> You don't. I, I, but I still like, and I listen, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to, to question your integrity, but like, <laughs> I like that you don't, here's how I'll put it. You don't hate the team. It's that, which is the, which is unheard of. Like I get, like I'm an angel. I'm also an angels fan. And the guy who covers the angels for the athletic hates the team. Just straight up. He's came from the Rangers. He hates them. You worked with Green Bay. I thought, like, perhaps you could hate the Bears. No, no, no. You've been a delight. You've been, like, I mean, it's not like you're a homer. You know, like. It's, it's, it's like a people business, though. I think that's what it, it comes down to. People right. forget, like, yeah, I, you know, when you're on the other side of a rivalry, you feel a certain way. But, like, once you're talking to these guys and spend every day and every week and every game day with them, like, I don't want to see them fail. And, like breaking news like my job sucks my one-on-ones are terrible when they lose like why would i want them to lose like i have to i have to interview the guy whoever they trot out of the locker room after they've lost six in a row like that's not fun for me so it's just like why be night like and i felt like when i joined the beat everyone was like oh the bear was like fair like just so cranky about it but i was like oh man like this is gonna be a different vibe for me but yeah yeah (laughs) like i'm like this is this is great. This is a great time. I want I gotta, them to do well. I and, and I if, you know, wherever, yeah, 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 like wherever I'll always cheer for them because I want them to eat. Once you know the people that you right. know become part of your day to day, you want them to succeed. It's true. I went to Cal State Fullerton. I covered Long Beach State when I worked for the Orange County Register, and the Long Beach State people knew this, and they were always upset. Like, oh, they got to bring, got to send the Fullerton guy because we're rivals. And I'm like, bro, like I want, I spend more time. And this is when Jared Weaver played for the team. It's how long ago it was. I said, I want you to win because I don't want surly Jared Weaver after the game. I want happy. I just struck out nine USC batters, Jared Weaver, as opposed to I just gave up four home runs and we lost the game. Like it's very, it, it changes very quickly. But oh yeah, in any, but in any event, uh, Sammy, what do we got? What? I'm sure we have other questions. Uh, who are the best wide receiver free agents left available? It feels like Hairless Yoda, by the way. Thank you again. He's, he's here. <laughs> Hairless Yoda's here a lot, so I appreciate that. There's not a lot. Like, I again, yeah. I feel like it's going to come to that secondary wave 
there'll be some more guys that are let go. Now that Juju's gone, like Juju mm-hmm. was one of the guys that I looked at, like, ah, uh, he would be fun. But now when I look at it, I'm like, eh, it's like being at the 99 cent store. Like, I don't know. That, yeah. that still might be too much money at the 99 it- cent store. There's no one that stands out to me. Given the, who they have already with, you know, Equinemius St. Brown, I think that was, you know, it wasn't a flashy free agent by any means, but like, I think it was a good move. And with Mooney, I don't, I think they need to just like see how it goes. And, and then they have the draft. So it's like, there's no one that like in the free agency that you're like, okay, I want that more than a young talent that you can mold and develop right out of the gate. I don't know. No, it's true. I, I am Byron Pringle is also a, yes. a member of that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeAndre Carter, I think, is being looked at as more of yeah. a kick returner type of player, which is fine. They're going to need to replace him because Demir Bird just signed with the uh, Atlanta Falcons because uh, Ryan Pace is trying to recapture the magic in Atlanta. Yeah. He's so good. He wants it back. He wants them. Oh my God! Ryan Pace had to be so upset when they when they traded when they traded Matt Ryan. He's like, damn it. Mitch Trubisky already signed somewhere else. Yeah. That would have been perfect. That would have been not perfect. for Mitch. Not for Mitch. Not for Mitch. Like, no. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to jump in here. What do you? I know that you didn't have the full Mitchapalooza experience. If you did at all, no. Yes. No. I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. I did. It yeah. was back and forth. There was the Andy Dalton right. Mitch back and forth. My first year here. Yeah. <laughs> so we got that going on. How do you feel? He is going to do in Pittsburgh. I'm actually of the mind that he can still be. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he can be successful because of the team that he went to, the coach that he's playing for. I think there's an opportunity for him to be successful. What do you think Mitch is going to be able to do in Pittsburgh? I think he's going to do well. I had a couple of friends that live that are diehard Steelers fans in Pittsburgh. And as soon as the move happened, they text me like, should we be worried? Like, what do you know? What do you know about Mitch? And I'm like, I think you guys are going to be all right. Like, like you said, coaching scheme, the team that he has around him, all of that matters. He didn't have any of that. It was just like, and not to mention every other week, he didn't know if he was starting, if he was going to be backing up. Like that is all mental stuff. And for a quarterback, I just feel like it was just a mess from start to finish here in Chicago. And again, it's all about fit. So like, yeah. I feel like he fits really well with their system and he, and I feel like he's going to shine. So, and I, and Steelers fans also have to look at like, you know, it's, it's certainly a move up from big Ben. I know there's a lot of love and, but like it was time for big Ben to go. So they're getting a, yeah. you know, a new and Mitchell shine. I think Mitchell shine. He's not going to be perfect. He's not going to, you know, lead you to 45 10 victories on a weekly basis yeah. but he's gonna throw a couple ill-advised picks but you know that's everybody yeah exactly. outside of, except for aaron Rodgers, who doesn't like to take yeah. any chances aaron <laughs> Rodgers only plays five dollar hands of blackjack it's yeah. like oh and he never busts he never draws a bus card so of course like it's cool that you never bust but like bro like you've won one super bowl but anyways uh i i still think that he can have like a riot Ryan Tannehill like yeah. career there as long as Pitt, the, like just don't draft a quarterback Pittsburgh just give him one year yeah give him a shot, see don't what he can put him do. through that that would be there's, the worst <laughs> there's not there's not a quarterback in this draft no. that really deserves an opportunity like that you need to draft I know the, the kid from Liberty is good but at the same time like you don't need you got you got Mitch give him one year you'll be fine it's Mike Tomlin. You're going to win at least nine games. Like you've already had nine wins written in. So give Mitch his opportunity. 
and give them a chance to shine. All right, Sammy, I know you were trying to fly something up while we were talking there. Um, Funk bringer, uh, do we even have enough capital to fill the multitude, multitude of holes on our defense? Corner, strong safety, defensive tackle, a linebacker, plus wide receiver, the O-line situation. Uh, Funk bringer is bringing the funk, but is a bit shook. Do we have the capital? I think that, yeah, there's plenty of ways yeah. to fill a roster out. Yeah, they're, they're, I feel like you don't have to – and polls will get creative. I feel like we'll see a lot of smart moves to figure out how to fill out. I don't think they're worried about They're already kind of filling up those positions. We're seeing a little bit in linebacker and things like that that they've brought in guys. But, yeah, they have enough. I, I don't think – it's scary. I know it's probably like you're looking at, like, the draft and, you know, everyone else's picks and then the Bears' picks, and you're looking at all the holes in the roster, and you're like, all right, like who's he gonna just like go to a pro day and grab a guy off a off a field? Yeah, like maybe. And that's the thing. I feel like people forget that they have so many phases and so many boards, and they're looking at so many different scenarios that they will find the bodies, they will find the pieces. They're not all gonna be home runs, but they're they're gonna have enough. Yeah, there's uh there's undrafted free agents, which I know mm-hmm. it's not it's not always, you know, ideal. But remember, like you gotta these players come from something. Like not everybody is a first round pick. I mean, if you go through, I'm doing it right now, going through and doing if you were redoing the 2012 NFL draft and what it was like. And it's like there were only two receivers who came out of that, two receivers in an entire draft who were worth a damn. And it was Alshon Jeffrey and T.Y. Hilton. And you forget, like, oh yeah, like a lot of these guys aren't slam dunks, but then there's a lot of guys that you see at the end of drafts undrafted free agents who outperform first round picks. So again, sounding like a homer, but trusting the process and realizing like, we're not, we're not, we're not playing to win the Super Bowl this season. Like, I'm sorry, sorry again to pull back the curtain. It's not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. I'm not writing it off. I won't be upset if it happens. (laughs) No, no. I feel like it would, it would shock a lot of people, but yeah, you never know. Oh, listen. I yeah. listen, I sit there, you know, I go to an event, walk on the red carpet. I'm probably not going to to leave with Gal Gadot. That's just, <laughs> that's just, I'm not saying it's not gonna happen. She's married, what it doesn't matter, but still, you know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, but probably not gonna happen. And it's fine. But if she if she walked up to you with a drink, right, you know, you're, you're again. Gonna... <laughs> yes, of course. I'm not gonna be upset. I'm not gonna be right. upset if it happens. That's not counting on it to happen. You just let everything let, let, let it come to you, whatever. Uh, that's the way you got to approach it with the band. Like, oh, we'll see. Like the NFC's down. Like I listen, I can sit here and spin yarns, but like the NFC's down. And if Justin clicks and you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. but again, long-term success for the first time in a long time, it feels like we have a guy who's preaching long-term success, mm-hmm. long-term su- sustainability, which is something that the bears have needed. Yeah. And I, it's refreshing to see. So everybody mm-hmm. calm down. Calm down. All right, Sammy, what do we got next? Uh, how do we feel about Mooney? Lots of arguments on whether he can be a true number one. Jess, this is an interesting question. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to quantify that because I think that darn, I know that people come out and say, and I've said it, I've probably said it myself, like, oh, he's like, he's a number two. But at the same time, like, if you're getting the targets and you're getting the receptions, like, that would make you a number one guy. How do you feel about Darnell Mooney? Yeah, I feel like 
it's you're wondering what makes a number one is it like you know a years of you know production over amount of time that you know he's the leader in that room the wide receiver room or is it production because if you're going purely based on production Mooney's been the number one for a good half of the last season I mean it was by a long shot there you know and it's not like he had flashy numbers by any means. That's how bad the offense was. But he was definitely the number one. And I think he's going to continue to grow. And I think maybe that's where people are questioning because he's not this, you know, he doesn't have the the resume that Allen Robinson had to like kind of gain that number one receiver status. But I think yeah. it certainly shifted that way. And Mooney has all of the talent to certainly be. Justin Fields loves him. So if that's what you need to be a number one receiver, I think that's your guy. I think people just, it is, it's a hard thing, like you said, to quantify like what makes them the number one. Yeah. Like, I think if you look at it now, yeah, he's clearly the number one in that receiver room. I think that people look at it that a number one receiver, 6'4", mm-hmm. looks, yes. like, looks like DK yeah. Metcalf. Yeah. And it, <laughs> and it feels like people get so enthralled, like when they look at the Seattle receivers, they think of DK Metcalf as the number one and Tyler Lockett as the number two. And you're like, that's, that's not accurate. Like Tyler Lockett is mm-hmm. probably, pro- Tyler Lockett is a better receiver. And right. I love DK Metcalf. That's not slander or anything like that. But it's like, I think that people get into the build a, build a receiver mode on Madden and they're like <laughs> six, four, uh, 230 pounds and runs a four, four, yeah. one forty. Like those guys, like there's not a lot of those guys who exist. No. But I think that Darnell Mooney can go out there and get a multitude of targets, get well over 100 receptions. I don't want to say like Cooper Cup, but I think like, yeah, like Cooper Cup. Like if you had that kind of chemistry with a quarterback, I don't think that anybody was going into last season saying that Cooper Cup was the – like there were people who thought that Robert Woods was the Rams' number one receiver. So I think that, it, you know, you just got to like – can he be productive? Can he put up the production? Can he do 100 receptions? well over a thousand yards, multiple uh, double digit touchdowns. I think that's absolutely the case. Yeah. I think a question too will be, you know, how defenses plan for him because now that a Rob's not there, not that defenses at the end of the season, especially were even worried about what Allen was doing because he was getting so little targets, but you wonder now with the shift of like Mooney is the guy for fields, how teams will defend against that. And then how he responds to that, because yeah, he's not this six, he's, his stature is not overwhelming by any means. I think him and I are like eye to eye and he's very, you know, he's, he's just doesn't have that overwhelming presence that you're talking about with guys like DK Metcalf, but it'll be how he responds to the defense now, because they're going to be paying a lot more attention to him to start the season for sure. And, you know, production wise, what he can do. Yeah. And it's, it's funny too, because, you know, I work with Steve Smith, senior Andrew Hawkins, and I'm taller than both of those guys. But it's it's interesting, especially with Steve Smith Sr. Like he is a different human. Like it, you forget professional athletes how strong they are. Yeah. Like, came, like, and it, like it's it's not it's not even fun. Like I remember one time Steve and I were messing around, and I was trying to run a route on him and trying to get off the line. And like there was he, I would as, as long as Steve wanted me not to cross the line of scrimmage, I was not crossing the line of scrimmage. And I was just like, this is insane. Like how physically strong he was so again I think Darnell Mooney probably checks out the same way like don't Mm -hmm. I understand he's not built like Randy Moss but he can still go out there and get the job done so I think we're okay and we don't need to send a bunch of picks I know that my friend Wolf had asked about like do we send both our second rounders for DK Metcalf and it's like well we can get two receivers 
instead of one. And I know that everybody's like, well, he's a proven quantity. And you're like, yeah, that's true. But we need more guys. And is he? I know. I was shocked that he had 12 touchdowns last year, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, well, he had three of them. He had three of them in week 17. The second okay. to last game, he had three. And there was another game where he had two. So five touchdowns came in two games. He didn't have a thousand yards. So it's like, oh, like I was kind of stupid 17 game season. Uh, I was thrown off by all of that. Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm still like, I look at the Jets and I know people are talking about the Jets where the Jets give up the number 10 overall selection. I'm like, the Jets should do that. But when somebody was asking me, like, should we give up both of our seconds? I'm like, no, no, no. Because we, no. we need more players. Yeah. I don't think we're, I don't think we're a DK Metcalf away. I don't think the Jets are ever going to be good, so they might as well have DK Metcalf. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, dog, this, at least be fun. At least be interesting. Right. You know, we're ready. But we don't need the Jets to be a good football team. <laughs> we need Chicago to be a good football who team. Who do they? Oh, Tyree Kill, they missed that. Who went to who said he was never oh, yeah. going there? Yeah. He's like, no, 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 no. I think Tyree <laughs> Kill, and this is this is something that DK Metcalf said as well, is that they're talking about DK going to to Kansas City, and he's like, it's too cold. I'm like, what are you talking about? You <laughs> could go play with Patrick Mahomes and you think it's too cold. Please tell me you're joking. He's yeah. such a funny guy that I yeah. hope that it was tongue in cheek. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing it. Um, in any event. Okay. Uh, what else have we got, Sammy? Adam, if you had a way with our, if you had a, your way with our six draft picks, which positions are you filling out with those six picks? Cornerback, center, tackle, et cetera. Thank you, HL Priest. Cornerback, get up out of here. I'm not even, a, nope, I'm not drafting. Nope, nope, nope. I, again, would love to go wide receiver. I wouldn't mind going wide receiver, wide receiver. Going back to the Angels last year in their uh, amateur draft, when they had 20 picks, they took 20 pitchers. If the Bears came out and took six receivers, I'd be like, yeah. Like, somebody's going to work. Like, you can't right. miss on all of them. Exactly. That's a, that's a little bit extreme, but is. As much depth as there is, I think that if you could get your stud guy that you really want with pick 39, flip the Chargers pick for multiple picks, start taking other receivers, start taking other linemen, I think, you know, I, again, what do, what do you feel or how do you feel? Because obviously they have not really addressed the tackle position. Mm -hmm. Is that a vote of confidence for our two rookies from last year? Or do you think that they're going to address that in their draft? I feel like they'll address it. I feel like they weren't – I feel like polls wasn't super high on the offensive line. And while they did a, a fair job – I thought they did a fair job given the things that they dealt with and the musical chairs that they had been dealing with for the last two seasons in that, in that line. I feel like we'll see them grow a little bit more, but I don't think they're there and they're, they're solid in that position. So – I, it makes me uncomfortable. They make me uncomfortable. I just have flashbacks of the Cleveland game in my head. Whenever I talk about the offensive line, I'm like, right. it was so dark. It was so like, it's just like a bad dream being there. So I don't feel like that, that they're there. They're, he's got to address it. He has to. Who did you, who did you have to talk to after that game? Who, who did, who did oh, they send God. out? Who did they send out? I always, I probably Darnell Mooney. It, they are usually like the, I feel like the loser walk of shame that they would give me would be like yeah. Darnell Mooney would always talk to me um, and David Montgomery and like they just head down walk it. And that, I mean, I've interviewed after a number of losses players. That one was tough. Cause you're just like, what the heck just that happened? Was a terrible like, game. 
That was a terrible game. So it was one of those Darnell Mooney, though. That's why he's the number one in my book, because all the losses, he would always talk to us. Cole Komet would do the same as well. He would speak up and, you know, didn't matter. And that that's underappreciated sometimes for us. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's it's terrible. I remember when I covered the L.A. Avengers, the only guy I knew I could talk to all the time was the kicker. Remy, <laughs> yeah. Remy, Remy Hamilton. Shout out to the Michigan Wolverines. He would always, and, and you know, eventually your editor's like, why are you talking to the kicker? I'm like, because he's the only one who's going to talk. The quarterback every once in a while, but like they lost in the playoffs and they were upset in the first round. And you're like, oh my God, it was the most uncomfortable. And they're like, okay. Like the, the Avengers didn't even bring out a guy to like force him to talk to us. They're like, okay, have at it. Like, so I got to go walk up to somebody's locker and ask him a question. And it was a year where they lost a player where a player on the team had died. So, like, it was even worse. Uh, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, okay, can somebody please give me a quote so I can get out of here. And I just yeah. I just want to go. I just it, I just need to go. It's so it's uncomfortable. Like, and you feel bad. Like, you feel like they, they know what we're thinking. And, they like, it's just like you're both on the same page of, like, wow, that was pretty bad, right? Like, <laughs> you can't say, like you guys suck tonight like you just have to oh it's they're so uncomfortable but when there's enough losses in a season by the end i got the, I got the hang of it <laughs> yeah oh, now what went wrong where where <laughs> what was in the game plan against cleveland <laughs> like I, I don't even know i would be like i honestly how your question just wasn't like what the hell yeah like, it was i mean that's pretty much what do you say about that like that was because a lot of times you can pick out a specific play to like open it up, like break the ice and like what happened on that third and 14? Like, was there a miscommunication? Then that like breaks the ice a little bit. Then you can start following through with the, okay, what, you know, that was bad, whatever. But that game, there was not even like a play that I could like highlight (laughs) from start to finish. Hey, uh, yeah. Remember when you got a first down? Like that was awesome, right? (laughs) How'd that first down work out? Like (laughs) so amazing. Talk me through that. Do you remember crossing midfield? No. <laughs> Whatever it was. All right. Um, I'm sorry. Sammy, I'm sorry. I'm neglecting the questions again. I don't know if we have any. Uh, da, 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 da. Glenn wants to know, how wonderful is it that Green Bay's receiving core blew up? Will <laughs> Rodgers be throwing to everyone? We'll be throwing everything to Tunyon. Thank you for clarifying the tight end, Glenn. Like, we wouldn't know who Bob Tunyon is. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, but uh, you know, here, let me ask you this. Uh, obviously, well, I was I was going to say, obviously, they're going to draft a receiver. You never know. The quarterback. You never know. You never know. <laughs> draft a quarterback, Green Bay. Not motivate Aaron Rodgers even more. I really believe that Alan Lazard could step up and be a number one guy. And this will go back to that question, like, is he a number one? What is a number one? I think that the number one guy is the guy that Aaron Rodgers targets the most. I think that Alan Lazard being there so long, there is some trust there. I think that Alan Lazard actually kind of breaks out this season. Yeah, I think so too. And that trust has been built, you know, for years to get to that level where Rodgers is even looking Lazard's way. And he's had his ups and downs. And I mean, I remember him dropping passes and, thinking to myself, oh, Rodgers is not going to target you for at least three more weeks. Like it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be a while because that's just how Rodgers is. So it's going to be a, like, 
a huge change. And I think people don't even kind of to, to quantify that, how different it's going to be without Devonte there. Cause Lazard, yeah, will be the number one, but he's not going to be Devonte Adams and love Bob Tunyon, but he's not going to fill those holes and that production. And then that just like seamless chemistry. So it's going to be a very different looking offense. Would Aaron Rodgers welcome them? I don't know. Run. I mean, they run the football effectively. Mm-hmm. It's not like, it's not like they throw 90 passes a game. I think for, you know, with, the interesting part about it is that right, they don't throw as much as you think they do. Could they run the ball even more? I mean, yeah. I guess would be my question. I think so. And if Bakhtiari's healthy and they have a strong offensive line, I mean, why why not? I think it worked well as a it's always it's just been hard to think about because it's always been like a compliment to this out, you know, this fantastic yeah. passing offense that they've had. But that's because they've had the pieces to have that fantastic passing offense. And yes, Rogers is you know, a fantastic quarterback, but now with his targets a little different, they need to run the ball. And I think it'll be good for them to do a little bit more of that. And they have, they have the pieces to do it, but it's going to look, it's going to look very different. Very different. It's weird seeing Devontae Adams post videos riding around in the car with Derek Carr. Like this is, it's weird. Is it weird that he looks happy? He was on a win, like, but listen, he was on a winning football team that had a lot of success, didn't win the Super Bowl, but obviously had a lot of success, a lot of playoff success, got to the NFC Championship game a couple of times. He is acting like he was traded from the worst organization in the NFL going to Utopia. And I know that he's best friends with Derek. But at the same time, it's like, does it kind of suck in Green Bay? Like, do people not want to – like, I I would believe it. I yeah. want to believe it. I, I, I want to start the narrative. Like – Perhaps people just don't want to play with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think there's a lot of layers. And I think people think they see the wins and the losses. They see the Packers always in the playoffs, always so close to the Super Bowl. They see Rodgers' caliber on, you know, Sunday Night Football or Monday, all these primetime games and how great it is. But there's a lot that goes on into that. And Devontae is somebody that values family and values his personal life and his life off the field just as much as his football life. And I think that to me, that's what makes me happy knowing he made that decision, even though people are like, are you crazy? Like, why would you leave this to go this? Well, he was confident in that decision for a reason. So there's layers to that. Yeah. And as somebody who's been accused of being the fourth car brother anyways, I think think that Derek gets too much disrespect as it is. And I remember retweeting this this vital Vegas account that had the news that Devontae Adams had purchased a house in Las Vegas. Yeah, I saw and, that too. <laughs> and I go, hey, check this out. And all the pe- – oh, look at you, trying to stir stuff up. Maybe he wants a vacation home. Like, you're not spending $14 million on a vacation home. In Vegas. You lunatics. <laughs> yeah. That you can't even use in the summer when you're Never. not playing. It's <laughs> right. in, a, it's in, a, in, in unha- uninhabitable. I don't yeah. know. I'm not, I'm not great with English. Um <laughs> But it's it's crazy. I just I don't know. I love every so to answer that question. I love everything about it. I mm-hmm. love the house of cards tumbling yeah. down, and I'm glad. I'm legitimately glad that Aaron Rodgers is not walking away. I'm glad he's getting paid all that money. I want him to have an eight and nine season, even if it's the Minnesota Vikings or somebody who wins the division. I hope it's not because they're worse, I think. And and it might and it might happen and I think that's going to be weird for Rodgers because the only down years the Packers have had as long as he's been a quarterback is when his collarbone's been busted or he's, he's been, been out. And 
So it's never been like he's been healthy and then they're subpar. So that would be another uh, they're, world. They're <laughs> subpar and there's that seventh playoff spot. So there's always, yeah. that. it's hard to be, especially in the NFC, it's going to be, right. ha- it's going to be hard to be out of playoff contention, but it is like watching LeBron James, like yeah. as the Lakers, as yes. the Lakers are not making the play, like he's not playing tonight. Like what? You're on the verge of elimination and all of a sudden, like I can see if the if something something befell the Packers and they weren't playing well, it's like, oh, my foot hurts. It's my yeah. toe. My COVID toe's acting up again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm a conspiracy theorist. I wanna <laughs> I wanna think the worst of this guy. And I uh and it's it's difficult because I'm friends with James Jones, who's friends <laughs> with Rogers. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I always, I always have to like have the right balance to make sure I don't go too hard in the paint on it. <laughs> but I did want to tell him last year before they played the 49ers, we were both on total access. And I'm like, you know, your boys are losing. Like, I, I cannot tell you, you know it. I know it. You're going to sit there go pick, go pick your team. Right. You don't want to, you don't, you don't want to have those things out there on social media of you picking against the Packers, but you're not winning. He's like, oh, rank. And I didn't even have the heart. Like I couldn't even rub it in. The following week, because I'm like, I knew it. Like, I was so confident. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's like we, like, we knew the ending to that one. We knew the ending of that one. I had a pit in my stomach as the game began. I'm like, this is not going to go well. I'm sorry. Wait, why? You had a pit in your stomach? No, no, no. Get rid of that. You, that <laughs> I'm was working our, on that. <laughs> that was our Super Bowl. Robbie yeah. Gold had the winning kick. There was, was nothing poetic. weird about that. Mm-hmm. There was nothing. And I had a friend who's like, don't you, I'm like, don't you sort of like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Like with Rod, I'm like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, he's a character. Like, and I get it. Like, he might be a fine person. I don't know. I never want to really know because uh, he's a character on a TV show that I watch. And uh, I root against his character. So be it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, Sammy, are there any more? I know I'm keeping you on too long. We, I, I do this to all our guests. No, I keep everybody on. I don't know. Uh, Joey. What's up, Joey? Hey, thanks for stopping by. I see you on Twitter all the time. Uh, he's a lot of fun on Twitter. I think Cole Komet to take a step forward and bridge that gap as the second best receiving option until the Bears can foster a rookie or get us someone who is a wide receiver too worthy. What do you guys think? We did talk about this. I know, listen, mm-hmm. nobody's staying for the full hour, Joey, but uh, we did address this earlier. I think we're both in the same agreement that Cole Komet is very talented, mm-hmm. can take a step forward. I think, you know what a lot of people look at? the Pittsburgh game and when yes. Nagy wasn't calling plays and Justin <laughs> just had to go out there and play football, like, Oh, Cole Komet can run down the seam. I think that, I don't know. It's probably wrong to put too much stock into that one game, but I think that was an illustration of what he would be able to do. Absolutely. I think, and I, I don't like saying it's so hard for me to be like, well, Matt Nagy ruined everyone, but in a way oh, you can say that. <laughs> I say mean, it. It, he ruined a lot. Like it was just so. There were he so many times that I was like, "What are they? What is going on? Like what?" And I never pretend to be a play caller. I never pretend that I know what should be the. But I, I mean, that was that game where I was like, if he just takes the hands off the wheel, they play hurry up, you know, two minute drill down the field. They had so much promise in life in that two minutes. Then they did the whole season, and I think that's what we saw from Cole. Cole is more than a blocker. And yeah. the fact that they were setting up Jimmy Graham, it was just mind blowing to me. Like, no offense to Jimmy, he can go in and get the touchdown when he needs to, but like, use Cole, use Cole, use your young body that's fast and has the same size as Jimmy Graham. So 
I think we're going to see a lot of that from Cole this year. I hope at least. I hope so too. And I think a lot of it too, even though Matt Nagy's the scapegoat, it's a lot mm-hmm. like playing golf where you're like, Hey, yeah. you, can get, you can get new clubs all the time. And ultimately it comes down to user error. But Matt Nagy was like a left-handed golf club. Like, no, no, no. At least play with the right, like the right handedness uh, <laughs> of it. At least like switch that around and see what happens. Now, if you're not good, then like maybe it's on you, but I think that we can, I think that Matt Nagy, was the appropriate scapegoat for a lot of things mm-hmm. that went wrong, and we're ready to move forward. And speaking of which, listen, I gotta let you go. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. This yeah, is, this thanks is, for this having is, me. This is, this is, listen, I hope we can do it again. If yeah. we didn't scare you away, uh, wait, hold on. Caitlin's doing a great. Oh, I told thanks. you. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> Jason, we knew this. This is why. This is why people were excited about this show. And so hopefully this will. Uh, hopefully we can do this again really soon. We yeah. appreciate everything that you do. Again. I like the fact that you listen. You're not a homer, but you are also you don't hate our team. I was worried at first, like no, hmm, no I don't I know about this. I don't I know about this. No, no, no. <laughs> you're good. You're really good. You do a great. No, honestly, you do a great job. Uh, we appreciate you having. Uh, we appreciate you being on. Appreciate you uh, fielding the questions here and everything. And uh, by the way, everybody who enjoyed this interview, write in the word "sick" in the comments, just so we know that you're still sticking with us all the way here to the end. We appreciate everybody who's doing that. But Caitlin, again, we'll do it again real soon. Uh, well, by the way, how can people find you? I was I don't have my glasses on. I was trying to look um, up your Twitter handle again. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at, at krosharky, Instagram krosharky, and that's about it. I haven't haven't really dived into any other social media platforms, but yeah, and you can see me on Fox 32. So Fox 32, everybody, tune in. Uh, keep supporting <laughs> Caitlin. She does an excellent job. Caitlin, thank you so much for being here, and we'll see you again real soon. Thank you, Adam. Talk to you soon. All right. Sounds great. There she goes. The great Caitlin Sharkey. And again, do follow her on uh, all the social media platforms. By the way, my computer has not been plugged in. I could have had a power outage at any time. Still might. This is what a broadcast professional I am. Uh, But in any event, a lot of cool things happening. We're getting closer to the draft. I know uh, weeks ago, it seemed like somebody tweeted out that we were 30, 30, we were 30 days at some point from the draft. I'm like, I just need it to be here. Like, I think we're all starting to go crazy. I think that's the biggest thing. We're not trading David Montgomery. So everybody on Twitter talking about trading David Montgomery. We're not doing that. Bobby Quinn, probably not. Justin Fields is good. Uh, Don't get your heart set on anybody. Like, I don't know why I'm telling you this. There's still 85 days until the draft, but I do want to thank everybody who, uh, who joined us here tonight. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. We'll be back. Hola. Hey, Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us, Octavio. I uh, really appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate everybody uh, who is here each and every week. I know I haven't had a chance to go through the comments, but we'll do that. Uh, really do appreciate it. You guys are the best. This has been a lot of fun. You know, we're starting to catch our groove here. I think some of the guests have been amazing. I've been, eh. And you know what? We're rolling along. So for Sammy and everybody here at the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank, we thank you for being here. Bear down, and we will see you on Thursday. Sammy Clay. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.